Ephesians chapter 4, start at verse 11. All writing to the church, giving us some, some insight on some great things that God gave his people. We think about all the things that God gives us, mercy and grace and benefits he loads us with daily. We think we, A lot of times we think about, boy, he came through on that bill I had, or he came through on this healing I needed, and those are all wonderful, but um, you can have a good job, you can have a bill paid, you can have a healing in your body and still lack what God wants you to have. There's things that God wants us to have. So he said to the church, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that's us, till we all come in unity of the faith and of the knowledge, got to learn something, of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or complete man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. There's a maturity that he wants us to, to get to. We don't stay kids. We don't stay children in the kingdom. We're, we're supposed to grow we're always his children, just like your kids will always be your children, but they grow. And so we should be growing. Uh, we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, a slight of men by cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. It's, uh, he's letting us know there are some who just wait for the opportunity to deceive, to trick you, to get you away from the things that God's trying to do in your life. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. There's a lot of things that people try to grow up into, but we need to grow up into him in all things. There's not a part of our life that Christ isn't intertwined in. Once he's in us, he's our life. So if he's in us and in our life, everything we do, that light of Christ should be shining. So we need to grow up in him in all things, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our job, in our school, in everything we do, because he is the head, even Christ. So today, though, I want to pull from the 11th verse, and I want to talk about this, and God gave some teachers God gave some teachers. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you today for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding that comes from your word. Lord, today let us hear what you would say. Lord, let it make us better, help complete us, perfect us. We're going to praise you for it. and We thank you for all these things today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. Thankful for the things that God gives us. Hallelujah. Thankful for the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you this morning. And God gave. James 1 and 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, from the Father, with whom is no bearableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift. When I think about 
giving, I think about gifts. You give gifts. God gave gifts to men. And uh, these are five of the greatest gifts that God has ever given. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because they do a work that miracle signs and wonders don't do. They do a work that church service don't do. People go and say they have church all the time without any operation of any of these offices. They have a gathering. They get, uh, they get these motivational speakers, come tell them everything's going to be all right and send them on their way, and they're no more wiser about Jesus than they were when they walked in the room. That's the truth. That's the way the world is today. Put the, put the word church on the sign. People think they're going to church, but he just said there would be men that would lie and wait to deceive. They want to uh, trick you, make you feel good. People are so motivated by their emotions. How does this make me feel that if they can find a place that helps them feel good, they feel like, well, I have found what I'm looking for, but you're not learning, growing, maturing, as he said here, growing up into getting out of childhood in your walk and, and moving on into maturity. You're not headed into that perfection that he's talking about, that completeness that he wants you to have. Amen. And so, and God gave teachers. Now, I know that when we think of teachers, we think of school, and we think, ugh. Even if you liked school, even if you did well in school, you couldn't wait for school to be over. And you all may have had your favorite teacher, but I'm sure you all had your least favorite teacher. They just pick on me. They don't like me. They're hard. Or they're, they're boring. They're, you know, teachers would get that, you know, you, you never wanted to be called the teacher's pet. Everybody was, oh, teacher's pet, yeah, go ahead, sit at the front of the class. Bring that apple and set it on the desk. Well, you know, you're, you're her favorite. You're his favorite. Uh, you didn't want to be associated like that. Teachers just got that bad rap. You know, it's, uh, even today, you know, teachers, teachers in school have a tough job. But they're necessary. What if there were no teachers? What if we never had school? We wouldn't be here. You, you, know, you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know how to read, write, different things like that. All the things you know. Um, even as you begin to learn things on your own as you grew up, it started with a teacher, whether it was your parents, preschool teacher, kindergarten teacher, grade school, high school, college, professors, whatever. Teachers poured into your life, tried to teach you some knowledge about your major, what you wanted to do, share wisdom that they had, and help you to grow in the knowledge of the field of that class, whatever you were in. So, I, but I was looking at this list, and I thought, is there a reason that he listed them in the order that he listed them? Does it really matter? They're they're all worked together, so does that really matter? But I just give me a little leniency here. I'm not trying to teach a new doctrine or anything. It's just what I thought about was that it seems like he listed them in order of people's preferences. Because when you think of apostles, you think of miracles. Rise up and walk. You know, laying on hands. Everybody loves miracles. And apostles are associated with the miraculous. Prophets. Oh, we love prophets. Call them fire down from heaven. 
giving us those promises, speaking words that are going to come to pass. We, we love the prophets. We love prophecy, evangelist, revival, words of encouragement, read my mail. There he is, the evangelist, doing the work, bringing the gospel. Pastor, meddling. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, we're, we're talking about people who love them, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, he's always meddling. Always telling me what I can and can't do. Always, he's the watchman on the wall. But, but we like to think, well, I, I don't need a pastor. I can take care of myself. He's not here to just take, to try to take care of you and run your life or dictate you. But he is a watchman. Even the Lord said, and I will give you pastors. And he said, they're going to be watchmen. They're going to be there to cry out for things that they see coming and, and, and help uh, you know, shepherd you and, and watch over you, be there to help provide. And a, a good pastor will provide evangelists and prophets and apostles that can come in and help feed the flock. He's not there to do it all. Uh, he may, these offices may, you may share some of the giftings out of each one of these offices. It can be times that a pastor may prophesy, but... Uh, we're going to keep everybody in their lane right now. So the meddling pastor, he's next to last. But then it's the teacher. He's boring. I don't want to learn. I just want to shout. I just want to holler and run and talk in tongues. And, and I don't have to sit there and listen and, and, and take notes. Reminds me of school. Before long, he'll be giving us homework. Write a paper. It's going to be a test. But you know, the greatest teacher that ever walked the planet was the Lord. He was a teacher. When you look up the, the words that describe him uh, in the New Testament, in the Greek, many times those words translate to teacher. That's what they called him. Uh, teacher. Teacher. Uh, they, they knew that he was so wise in his teachings. Lord, teach us to pray. They wanted teaching. They wanted to learn. He's still a teacher because he, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost lives in us, and he said, the Holy Ghost shall teach you. Oh, the Holy Ghost make you run. Holy Ghost make you shout, make you jump, make you roll, make you do all kind of things, talk in tongues, chill bumps, just excite you. Yeah, it will do all that, but the goal was for it to teach us. Many times you'll read the phrase about Jesus, and he began to teach them. He began uh, to teach them by the seaside. He began to teach them in the wilderness. He taught them. And then, as I said, they would say, Lord, teach us to pray. They would come to him and say, Teacher, we know that you are a man of God because of the way, you te the way that you teach. So I, I, I realized that the Lord didn't want just a bunch of ignorant miracle workers that's kind of harsh, but no, it's, it, it, when I say ignorant, I'm, not, I'm just saying unlearned, uninstructed, just miracle words. His name had power, and he was going to send them out to do things in his name, but he wants them to know about him. See, they were so excited about miracles and stuff, but without completing their teaching yet, they would say things like, they don't want you to come in their city. Shall we call fire down from heaven and burn them up? We want to do one of them prophet miracles. He said, you don't know what spirit you have. You hadn't learned anything yet. You need to be taught. 
I didn't come to destroy men's lives. I come to save them. I didn't. So I'm teaching them how they should be. He didn't want those ignorant miracle workers. He wanted disciples, people that were like him. And the Bible says that those 12 that he called out, that group, he not only called them disciples, but apostles. Well, that's the first thing on the list. I'll tell you what happens is that apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors all flows from teacher. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. <laughs> that there are no, uh, he was the ultimate teacher. He was the teacher wrapped in flesh, walked the earth. He was God Almighty. And there would be no apostles, prophets, evangelists, or pastors without him. And it's the same today that an apostle, prophet, or evangelist, or pastor is always better if they have been taught, if they had had teaching, if they have learned something. You don't want somebody just saying, I'm an apostle, and, and grabbing you by the head trying to work a miracle in your life. You don't want people false prophesying to you or evangelists coming here and tearing the church up because they hadn't learned anything. They're not really sent or called to that office or a pastor who doesn't know how to pastor who doesn't know how to love people and how to, how to shepherd people and how to uh, provide for them so they can be fed and, and led and, and learn more about the Lord. We need teachers. Now, pastor and teacher probably work closer together than any other office. But, um, uh, so, but, but just like the gift of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, it all flows from love. Everything else is the first Fruit listed is love, and then from there, everything else flows. It's just like this with the ministry, that these miracles, miracles don't do anything if nothing happens after that. If you, we get down here and shout and run, and two or three people get healed and stuff like that, well, we go out, well, we're not changed inside. We haven't learned anything. What did it profit us? Scripture says, what would it profit if we gained the whole world but lose our soul? What would it profit us to have great church, great services, miracles, signs, and wonders and end up like those people in Scripture when they say, Lord, didn't we do all these things in your name? And he say, I never knew you. Because we're supposed to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's supposed to be a growth there, a knowledge there. We're supposed to get to more of him in our lives. So, I think when we read that list, maybe Paul said, this is the way people view it, but it actually needs to be flipped around. Because even though teachers may be the least exciting of the bunch, but if you love God's Word, teaching is the most exciting. If you're, hey, if you're a Bible nerd, you're loving them teachers. If you're a Word nerd, come on, then, then you love that teaching. Just, boy, I tell you, we said at that conference this week, and... One of those brothers, he was teaching and preaching that day, and I mean, my mind was blowing up, and I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I've been in church 30-something years, never heard this. Oh, phenomenal, just wonderful. But this is what God wanted to happen. He wanted us to have teaching in our lives. He wanted his people to not be just unlearned, ignorant people who had a miracle-working God. He is God Almighty, the God of all things, and that's wonderful. But if all we can say is that, but we don't know anything else about him, that was what God wanted us to not do. In Deuteronomy 6, in chapter 4, we know this verse, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. 
That's awesome. And you should love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your might. How do you love somebody with everything you've got without knowing anything about them? You can't. You know, I, I, I know the, the fantasy romance thing of it was love at first sight. Maybe you had this thing, an emotion hit you. But there's a lot of people who, in their younger days, said, oh, I just knew that was the one. And, and they're like, thank goodness that wasn't the one. <laughs> but you say, I, I know what I said, but I, it wasn't. And, but even when you find that one that you love, you know as you spend time with them and learn about them and grow together that, you never thought it would be possible, but you love them even more. You're even more dedicated to them. You're even more, you know, you just, the, you're closer together than you've ever been. And, uh, and the longer we're with the Lord, you know, and we're learning and, and connecting to him and, and drawing close to him and studying his word and meditating in his word and listening to the teaching of the word so that we're getting knowledge now, you're going to learn some things through shouting. You'll learn, don't be too close to somebody. Don't shut your eyes and run. There's, you, there's some lessons in that, you know. You learn sometimes some things just by observation, sure. But it's the teaching. And God gave teachers. They are part of that process of perfecting the saints but you can tell that teaching is not people's favorite by the attendance on Wednesday nights that's in any church I'm not picking on our church that's anywhere that the choir is not singing during Sunday school so we'll come into the 11 o'clock service I'm just telling you what I've seen I've watched this for over 30 years in church People skipped Sunday morning, but they made it to Sunday night because Sunday night was the revival service. That was fire and brimstone or fire from heaven and the Holy Ghost and, and things. And they just said, they're going to be there for Sunday night. If I come Sunday morning, I've got to sit there through Sunday school. School. I think you know, when we, we added school to Sunday school, people, mm, I don't want no more school. I got school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't want school on Sunday, but it's, we need it because we need to learn. So here is the Lord our God is one Lord, and you'll love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and might. Now, and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And here's where it starts. And thou shalt teach them. See, well, God didn't call me to be a teacher. If you're his, he did. And especially if you're a parent, he did. You will teach them to your children. Because they're not going to be children always. They're going to have to grow up, and they need to know me. You'll talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you will bind them for a sign upon your hand, They'll be as frontless between your eyes, and you shall write them upon the post of your house and on thy gates. Why 
why I do that? Because it needs to continue, and your children need to learn. And, and you're going to tell me, when you have kids, do you not teach them things? It, it, you know, of course, we teach them, we're trying to teach them to talk, to walk, to stand, all the things like that. That's just, that stuff is going to come. But if you have some kind of skill, if you're a musician, maybe you're probably trying to teach them how to uh, play an instrument or how to sing, how to be, you know, those kind of things. You, or sometimes you, you're teaching them to play ball or you're teaching them to fish, you're teaching them to hunt, you're te- so that when they get older, they can enjoy that and be good at it. And a lot of people teach their kids sports because they're like, hey, go make some money for your papa. You know, go, you know, they want, but they know if I teach them young and they get involved in it and really apply themselves, everything they learn, they're going to be better and it's going to benefit them in the long run, but nothing will benefit us more than how close we are to God. And we want our children to be close to God and have a knowledge of this Lord and Savior. And the reason... For teaching them is, so when we come to verse 20 in this chapter, he says, And when your son will ask you in times to come, down the road when your son's sitting there talking to you, Hey, hey, Dad, what mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments with the Lord our God has commanded you? What, what does it all mean that you'll have an answer? And you can tell them, Son, we were pharaohs. In Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and sore upon Egypt, Pharaoh and all the household before our eyes. And he brought us up, or brought us out from this that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is this day. So if you learn, it's just going to benefit you. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes. And it shall be, in verse 25, our righteousness, if we observe to do these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. I think my grandson's amen in me over there. So he said, from the very beginning, when I pulled my people out of Egypt, when I got ready to make them a great nation, uh, uh, at the very beginning, I wanted a closer relationship with them, and that would come through knowledge, through teaching. I want them to be established, and that would come through teaching because if we don't teach them, we get what we find in Judges chapter 2, and verse 10. And after the generation of Joshua, they were gathering their fathers. There arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord. Why didn't they know about him? They didn't know him. Had they heard where they came from? Sure, but they didn't know him. It didn't mean they didn't have a knowledge that God existed. It means they didn't know him. They didn't know how to serve him, how to worship him. They didn't know how to be in his presence. They didn't know his ways. They didn't know his laws, his judgments, his statutes. They didn't know any of those things. And they didn't know uh, all the works that he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel, because of this lack of knowledge, they did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served Balaam. They turned to false gods. So without teaching, there's no knowledge, resulted in them turning to evil and forsaking God and worshiping false gods, gods that couldn't save, gods that couldn't do miracles, 
wasn't even alive, no breath in him, no eyes, no ears, nothing, served other gods. Hosea, the prophet said in Hosea 4 and 6, that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That means if there are no teachers, where are we going to go? I wrote this quote down. I don't even know the guy's first name. Um, it was in a conference somewhere, uh, Dr. Hughes. And he said, because we have dismissed the role of the teacher in our movement, we have a generation that cannot defend the doctrine. And that's, we got, we, we've got people that can tell you, oh, I, I got the Holy Ghost and I talked in tongues. But they can't defend the doctrine. We've got a generation of people that live off chill bumps and, and aisle running. But they can't defend the doctrine. We need teachers. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? Where teachers come from? Students in the natural. People go to college. They're a student in college. What are you going to school for? I'm going so I can be a teacher. They want to teach. They want to keep passing on knowledge. And uh, that's where teachers come from. And we all, what, uh, before I ever taught anything, I was sitting, listening, taking the notes, studying the Bible, uh, reading through the Word, writing down things, doing all I could to learn more about God. I needed to learn from Him. You can't look over somebody's shoulder and copy from them in this school. You can't, you can't be cheating on no test in this school. They know, hey, man, can, getting somebody else to do your homework for you. It, it don't work like that. It is. But there are Bible studies. There are classes. There are online classes. There's no reason for us not to be taught and schooled and instructed in the Lord and the ways of the Lord and the things that the Lord has for us with all the resources now that we have available. If we're not learning now, it's because we don't want to learn. That conference made you salty, Pastor. No, I, no I, I, I'm, that's why I am in the role that I'm in, to point out where we need help in the body. We need to be taught. We need to make sure that our focus is not simply about uh, the running, the jumping, the leaping. I love every bit of that. Because I know eventually one day I'll get to the point where I can't do that anymore. And so if, if that's all I've got, church is going to be a very dull place for me. But when I come in here to hear the Word of God and to be moved by the Word of God, I love when God's Word makes me weep. I love when it makes me throw my hands up and shout, but when it touches you inside and you get something, you're like, that's what I was looking for. That's the last piece of the puzzle. That's what I needed to hear. Oh, and then when we get that, it's our duty to teach somebody else, to teach our friends, to do Bible studies. That was a, a something in that conference that they talked about. And, and we need people, our church people, setting up Bible studies, learning how to teach a Bible study. And there's so many good resources to do that. You don't have to have a big, thick book like this. They've got 
Bible study in a bag. We, we did those all here in the service one time and filled them all out so people could take them and, and, and do their friends. It's a, I mean, it's like a front and back of a piece of paper, and just, but it teaches people. It, it gets them started. I mean, you got to start with the ABCs, you know, before you learn how to read, write, and talk, all those things. And people just need, if they can get the basics, they can begin to learn and grow and hear more teaching. And David even said, he, Psalm 51, his great psalm of repentance, he said, after the Lord, he said, Lord, after you've done restoring me, in verse 13, he said, then will I teach. I'm going to teach people. You've done this in my life. You've shown me your mercy, your grace, how uh, long-suffering you are, and you've restored me the joy of thy salvation. I'm going to teach transgressors, a transgressor, someone going against the ways of God. He said, I'm going to teach them your ways. I'm going to teach them. I'm not going to beat them in the head, slap them. You know, a good teacher in school, you know, knew how to connect, knew how to talk to you, had an understanding. They don't know what I know, but I'm not going to make them feel like they're a bunch of dummies. You know, if your teacher come in and say, look, I know y'all a bunch of idiots, so I'm going to write it real big on the board for you slow folks. I'm just going to, you know, real slow. It'll make you feel like a dummy because you don't know what they know. And you can't do that when you're pastoring. You can't do that when you're teaching Sunday schools or anything like that. If you meet somebody and think they probably don't know anything about the Bible, don't make them feel like they don't know nothing about the Bible. Be gentle, apt to teach. 1 Peter 3 and 15, he said, We need to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks us of a reason for the hope that's in us. But your answer, hey, why do you feel so good? Because I talked in tongues. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means the Holy Ghost made me speak in tongues. Well, what's that mean? Why? What? And, then you, you, and you're sitting there juggling. Uh, <laughs> well, it just happened to me. I don't, you know, and it made me feel good. I never felt nothing like it. Well, that's good. But what are we learning from the Spirit? The Bible says that the Spirit of God would lead us into all truth. The Bible says that God's Word is truth. And so we've got to let the Spirit do its job. Lead us, teach us, instruct us, help us to learn. He's the ultimate teacher. But God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave all the exciting ones. Thank God. But he gave these good old boring ones too. Who just stand there with a couple of stone tablets and said, This is what the Lord said. You know, when I read that, sometimes how later, even after Moses died, that they would come together and they would read the whole thing over again. And I'm like, Phew. They sit there while he read that whole thing over again. But that's what they did. And that's what they would do. And they would write it on altars and stones and play, write the whole law out again. You know how long it take to write all that? They did it. Because they said, when somebody comes by this way, this will teach them. This will show them what we know about God. So we've got to do more than just excite people. We need to teach people. Because we need more than the chill bumps. We need to be taught, instructed, educated, 
in the ways of God, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Savior. We've got to grow up into Him. We've got to mature. But that doesn't come unless we are taught. In the Psalms, everybody loves, what's your favorite book about Psalms? Love Psalms. Lord's my shepherd, shall not want. Praise Him in the dance. Praise Him on string instruments, ornaments. Praise Him for His excellence, greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, victories. I will lift up my eyes into the hills, what's coming my help. We love the victories that the psalmist write about, the praising that he writes about, but there's something else in the psalm. Psalm 119 is probably my favorite book in the whole psalm just because it talks about the Word so much, and I love the Word. But nine times in Psalm 119, the phrase, teach me. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your ways. Teach me your judgments, your laws. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. And then five other times, at least five other times in different psalms, it says, teach me. Not just praise, not, uh, you know, not, not, not just victories, not just the shout, but I, 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 I'm like that, that deer that, that, that panteth after the water brook, Lord. My, that's the way my soul longs for you. I, I have a desire not to just shout and not to just throw my hands in the air, but a desire to know more about the God that I serve. I want to know him. I want to know more about him. I want to know uh, what I'm doing. Even Job, that's what Job said in Job uh, chapter 6. He said, teach me so I can know where I, where I have erred. How do you know if you're getting it right or getting it wrong if nobody's teaching you? If, I, if a teacher writes two plus two equals and they say, come on up here, and you go up there and you're like, okay, I'm going to take a shot, and you write five, and the teacher just goes, okay, sit down. Didn't tell them it was right, didn't tell them it was wrong, didn't tell them nothing. So they have no idea. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Not going to tell you. But I will teach you that it was wrong. Oh, well, well, what's the right answer? I'll show you how to get there. And they show them how to the process, how to add one, two, one, two, one, two, three, four. That's four. Two plus two is four. Got it. You've been taught. You're instructed. Now you know the correct answer. And how will we ever know the correct answer? How will we ever know when we're missing the mark if there's not a teacher? The truth is this, is our, our walk isn't always about the giants of the land that we're facing. We're not always in the valley of Elah looking for rocks. You know what our, our life with God is mostly? It's day-to-day -day living. And that, that, the teaching, we need teaching to do that. To how do I make it to the next day? How do I make it to the next grade? You've got to be taught. You don't move up from first to second unless you've been taught all the required things of first grade. It keeps moving, keeps moving. It gets more serious when you get in high school. How many credits have you got? you got enough to graduate, so you're trying to find everything you need, but you have to be taught to graduate. I didn't say you had to learn. A lot of people are taught and they never learn. Don't get me wrong, but, there's, but you, you're going to go through the class and have to somehow, whether legitimately or not, pass it. <laughs> you, know, you might be like uh, Ferris Bueller and be going into the computer and changing your grade. I don't know. If y'all don't know Ferris Bueller, then you're too young for me to talk to you. Oh, no. no. uh, listen, but that, that's it. We, we've got to learn every day. We've got to know how to do this. You know, even that's... Acts chapter 2, verse 38. 
long before verse 38, there's, a, there's some kind of phenomena happening in Jerusalem. There's about 120 people up there just talking in other languages, speaking in tongues. I'm sure they weren't just sitting there like this. I'm sure there was some commotion about the room. I'm sure they were excited. They were being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. They knew this is the promise that the Lord had said. And when finally they're like, well, they're drunks, they're, they're showing out whatever, Peter has to stand up and he tells them, well, they're not drunk as you suppose. And, and he starts in verse 16 by saying this, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He begins to instruct them, to teach them, to tell them, you have sat in the synagogue all these years, heard this scripture read, and now it's come to pass and you don't recognize it because uh, you didn't learn nothing. But I'm about to open up your understanding. And he didn't just say, well, this is that, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. People's going to start talking in tongues because that's not what Joel, that, that wasn't, this is what Joel said. And it'll come to pass in the last days, saith God. I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men, old men shall dream dreams. I'm going to pour out my spirit on servants and handmaids, and, and they're going to prophesy. I'll show wonders, heaven above, signs of the earth beneath, blood, fire, vapor of smoke, sun turning to darkness, moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's telling them. This is what he said. Now, you men of Israel... Hear these words. And he started preaching about Jesus. And he started telling them who he was. And he went all the way back to David. He went back in the scriptures and he began to teach them about Jesus. And this Jesus God has raised up. We're all witnesses. And, and I'm skipping around. I know it, so don't even try to keep up with me. And, but he was, he was just talking about it because I didn't want to have to read all that and, and, and bore the class. Uh, Verse 36, though, when he gets to it, he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. So that's the right answer. That's it. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Let me tell you. Now we can start talking about repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promises unto you and to your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then there's many other words where he was testifying and exhorting. And he said, well, that is, but he was teaching them. This is that. He didn't just say, it, it's like, hey, come to my church. Why? So you can talk in tongues? Again, what's that mean? Why would I want to do that? Can you tell them why, why they would be speaking in tongues? Can you tell them, this? well, that's what happens when you receive the Spirit. Well, why do I need to receive the Spirit? Can you tell them why they need to receive the Spirit? Because without the Spirit of Christ, we're none of His. We must be born of water and of the Spirit. Can, you, can we teach people? Can we defend the How can we earnestly contend for a faith that we can't teach? I didn't say you had to know all the great mysteries. You, you, we're going to go, just like you wouldn't expect a, a guy, a little boy in first grade to teach class to a 12th grader. It's not going to happen. He doesn't have the knowledge. I'm not telling us that we're flawed and faulted if we can't quote every scripture in the Bible or teach everything. I, like I said, I, I heard stuff this week that I have never heard in my 30 years of being in church. Blown away, just completely blown away. And I was like, 
unbelievable. I, said, I can't wait to, to dive into this and study some, some of this for myself because this was phenomenal. It was great. What time is it? 1040? I'm getting there. And so it was even in the Great Commission that we would be teachers. In Matthew 28, 19, twice, 19 and 20, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Teach them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And then verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Well, that's exactly what Peter was doing. He was teaching them to obey all things whatsoever he commanded when he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins, because he said to go and to preach repentance and remission of sins in my name beginning at Jerusalem. So he was simply doing, he was teaching the people. He didn't just say, hey, what's going on in there, Peter? He didn't say, come here. Grab him by the head and start. Come on, you're about to get it. You're about to get it. He taught them. And then they that gladly received the word were baptized. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. About 3,000 souls added to the church. And we're baptized into the body by the Spirit, so that tells me that they received the Holy Ghost as well. But that came because somebody stood up and taught the people and began to tell them, this is what the Lord wanted us to know. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm right, it's chapter 2 and 24. Listen to this. The servant of the Lord. Anybody a servant? That's me. The servant of the Lord must not strive. Be gentle unto all men. Apt to teach. Patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. Teaching, instructing is what's going to help people get out of the snare, get out of the trap, get out of the rut. They need to know what's going on, how I can fix it, how I can be better. In chapter 4, verse 3, he said, There's coming a time where they will not endure sound doctrine. This is the world we live in. But after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I want somebody to tell me what I want to hear. And they're going to turn away their ears from truth and they'll be turned unto fables. So we've got to understand something. We're going to teach people, instruct people, but that doesn't mean they're always going to want to hear what you got to say. Sometimes they're going to tell you, bye, I don't want that. I want, I want somebody to tell me what I want to hear. I want somebody to tell me I don't have to do nothing, but I'm going to heaven anyway because God loves me. I saw a guy the other day post on Facebook. He said, I have a child. He said, I was just looking at my child the other day, and I was thinking, I would never do nothing to hurt my child. He said, how can anybody believe that God would send somebody to hell? He said, that's something that the Christian church has just invented and thought up. It's in here, but... But, you know, but that's lack of teaching. Somebody hasn't taught this young man um, his emotions 
were overriding his logic. And you can see that God's not, it's not his will that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. But there is going to be judgment, and that God has provided a way for us to hear, well done, instead of depart from me. So if we are taught and instructed and obey the word of the Lord, we're going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul said, Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study so you can teach others and rightly divide that word, show it to other people. And I've got, give me just a minute, and then jump over to Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. These things command and teach. Let no man despise your youth, be an example of believers in word, conversation, charity, spirit, faith, purity, till I come. Oh, homework. Till I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift that's in you that was given you by prophecy, laying on of hands of the presbytery. So he's already mentioned teaching and prophecy. That's two of the fivefold ministry working there. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. Um, then meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that the property may appear unto all. Take heed to yourself, to the doctrine. Continue them. If you do this, you'll save yourself and those that hear you. Somebody else should be hearing what you know. Somebody else should be hearing what you know. And, and I'm going to finish with this, and you can stand with me. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. And neither decline from the words of my mouth. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy getting. Get understanding. He's telling us to sit under some teachers. Get some teaching in your life so you can have wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And then in, I think, 16, 16, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold? Oh, I'll give me all the gold. Give me the gold. I'll be rich. You'll be ignorant. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? The Lord said it. we need to be taught. And that's the fact. The fact is this. We're being taught every day either by the world or by the word. And God gave teachers as a part of ministry to complete or perfect us. And God gave some teachers. We need teachers. We need teachers. We need all, we need all of it. But... Um, it seems like, you know, we need apostles, we need miracles, we need prophets, we need teachers so that people can actually live for God and learn about God. Let's lift our hands. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word, for your instruction. Thank you, God, for teaching us today. Lord, help us to be good students of the word. Lord, to be faithful, Lord, to your word. Help us to learn more about you and to grow in grace, to, to grow up into you. Lord, we want to be better. We want to be more like you. So, Lord, we're just looking for that instruction today in Jesus' name. And everyone says,